Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. And I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, today we're going to be talking with Rob Zucker, and we're going to talk about caregiver burnout during COVID-19. And I'm going to expect you to log into some of this with Rob, because you've had people taking care of you because you've had COVID-19, and I'm, we're going to be interested in hearing your take as the, quote, what patient and how you felt that your family's been able to deal with this as caregivers. And so introduce our guest and uh, let's get started. Okay, like you said, our guest is Rob Zucker. He's been on our show before. Um, he is a friend of ours and he's gonna talk about caregiver burnout during COVID-19. Rob is also a bereaved spouse and a grief counselor and he is the author of The Journey Through Grief and Loss, Helping Yourself and Your Child When Grief is Shared. Welcome to the show, Rob. Very happy to be here. It's good to see you both. Rob is a brief spouse, but he also has uh, a new love in his life. And uh, she's at high risk, he was telling us. And so he is not only a therapist, has clients right now, right, Rob? Yes, I do. Has clients uh, worried about grandkids. And he also, his partner, Teresa, also is a bit high risk. And so Rob's been taking care of her. And, and tell us what's going on. What have you been doing to take care of this world? Uh, well, you know, I've basically been go the one who goes out, the one who, when we need to shop, shops. She's basically, basically staying home, you know. So there's always things to do. Where are you located? Uh, Western Massachusetts in Holyoke. So it's, it's uh, you know, about two hours um, west of Boston. I found out on, on Facebook, there was someone posted this really, it was a very sexy little post of a woman uh, putting this on. So here, start with the, the underwear. Oh and my gosh. Okay. So men's briefs. Men's briefs, you're putting them, you're bringing them out, turning them. I, I decided I looked a little more stylish with a little hat on. <laughs> okay, so you put a hat on. <laughs> and you and this way, you put through my head through one leg. Okay, you got it. Wow, look at you. I stick this here. Okay. Then I pull the, the band this way. Wow. Like that. Okay. And then I pull this up here. Stuff this in there. There you have it. Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh, that, there you are. I love this because I have got a lot of clients in New York City and Midtown that do not have masks and you have to wear a mask in New York now. You know. And I am going to see, and they don't have them. So I'm going to tell them about this. Okay. So we were talking today about how you came home and washed all your clothes, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, yeah. Tell us your routine before you read the New York Times article. <laughs> oh yeah. I would, uh, I come in, I, I park the car in the garage and I have uh, a door into the house from there into the basement. And luckily we have a full bath down there. So I go oh. in there. I'd strip out of my clothes, take a shower, and put my clothes in, in the wash. And invariably, I'd forget that there's no towel down there. So I'd call up to, to Teresa and say, Teresa, throw down a towel. <laughs> and uh, then she'd throw down a towel, and I'd towel 
you know, dry up and then walk upstairs in a towel and then uh, put some clothes on. Right. Wow. And then, and then oh, we... Then if I, wait, if I did if I went shopping, then I have to, I have first have to get the, the, the stuff out of the car inside and I have to decide whether I'm going to clean the, you know, the, the fruits and vegetables. It probably would, I'd usually take them upstairs and put them in the sink and then soak them in, in, uh, in soapy water and then rinse each one of them and, and put them into the fridge. But then I, but I also have to have wipes and stuff to, to clean like, you know, boxes that, you know, that's, you know, if I'm buying like boxed oatmeal or whatever it might be, whatever I'm, I purchased. So I have to clean everything up with wipes, disinfectant wipes. And, and, then, and then you have to, and we have to deal with the box. In other words. So mm -hmm. I have another box where I put the things that I clean into a, into a clean okay. box, put the, the box that, I've got that I loaded up at this. Well, I don't go into the store. I have, I order ahead of time and people bring it out to the car, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but I have to, you know, put the box, you know, aside until that's, you know, has enough time has gone by for that to be usable again. Bring the old, the new box upstairs and then unload the food. Wow. Okay, so tell <laughs> me, are you exhausted? I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. I want to get it right. I worry mm -hmm. that I, you know I'll do something wrong, and what's going to happen? And I'm going to bring something into the house, uh, and, you know, infect Teresa. So it's yeah, and I pretty pretty much I don't think I'll you know I'm also vulnerable myself, you know, because mm -hmm. I'm uh, I'm turning seventy this year, and uh, but I feel you know I feel okay, so I kind of put that aside, and I focus in on worrying about am I doing this right for her, you know. And partly because, you know, I mean, I'm sure it has something to do with the fact, well, of course, that I love her and I, want, I would never want to hurt her, but also because my wife died three years ago and I, right. I don't want to, it's like it's a fear, you know. Like it's, right. gonna, it's, it's a real fear because you've had the death of someone you loved. Yeah. What did your wife die of? Uh, pancreatic cancer. I was caregiving for uh, about a year and a half. Wow. So you've moved from that caregiving to dealing with your life, your wife's grief and then finding uh, another person that you're very compatible with and having this. And now you're back in for strange reasons again. How, how, does, yeah. how do you cope with that? Uh, well, I, um, one thing I think we have going for us, Teresa and I, is that we talk a lot about it, which, you know, kind of releases, relieves the, uh, somewhat of the stress. Uh, but I also incorporate, you know, practice of meditation into my life, and that that helps immeasurably. Um, and um, something we had talked about last time we spoke was talking about incorporating gratitude as a practice. Mm. That really has been incredibly important. Humor, as you can tell, you know, with the mm -hmm. things like this, right? Uh, with the underwear, uh -huh. <laughs> right? The underwear, the underwear <laughs> game. So uh, there's that. Um, I think that that uh, I, there's a story I'll share that. Um, really has helped me a lot. After my wife died, uh, she came to me in a dream, which she has done a number of times, but in this dream, she sent this message, which was like loud and clear. I had this voice, her voice said, look harder, look harder. It's really interesting. I woke up and I didn't know what that meant, but I felt really important and I wrote it down and I kept it in my, my meditation room. It's still here in the room and, and uh, look harder was the message. And I, and I pondered over it, I meditated on it. And what I've come to realize is that it's like, look harder for gratitude. Oh, wow. There's always something to be grateful for. Yeah. So, and it's really easy to fall into a place where you really lose sight of that.
you know. And, and, and there's another thing that you've got too, besides an awesome sense of humor, but music. And music, yeah. And music is really still always important. Heidi, I wanted to ask you, you've got COVID-19, you recovered. What's your thought when you hear Rob as a caregiver about what your family's been through? I think that two things come up for me. One, the role of a caregiver is extremely stressful. Yeah. They are running ragged. And in my case, I couldn't help my husband because I was in my room and he was taking care of me and the kids and he was super worried about everybody. And I was terrified I was going to give him COVID-19 just as you are, Rob, because I had it. So he ended up getting very run down, but he got really run down. It's very, there's a lot of anxiety when you're caretaking. Yeah. So uh, I had an anxiety about giving it to him, but he had anxiety about keeping the house in order and going shopping and just doing everything for everyone, cooking for me. And it just, there was a lot of things in place. So I think caregivers really need to take care of themselves. Absolutely. Right now, and you know this, Rob, right now you see it with your clients. You've got people that are at home working full-time, trying not to get COVID, trying to take care of their families, trying to homeschool their kids, keep their kids in online school. I mean, there is so much stress from so many areas of people's lives right now as they're sheltering. It's extraordinary. Mm -hmm. My my son is an ER nurse with a a a three-year-old child and he's single parenting. You know, the stress of being single and Mm -hmm. caring for his daughter and managing, you know, all the challenges. I mean, just extraordinary. His level of exhaustion and isolation is extreme. And, That's and my, unbelievable. And I'm sure he talks to you about what he's dealing with all the, every day with being yeah. an ER nurse. Yeah. Also another stress for you. Yes, a worry. <laughs> a worry having you talk to him about what's going on with Yeah. Life. Terribly stressful. For, and, and I'm sure being fearful that he's going to contract COVID-19. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's, very, it's really stressful knowing that he's going into the fray every day and with a lot of high risks. My other, I, and my other grandchild uh, lives with her two parents. They, they're both working at home. So they have the stress, like you're saying, of working at home and uh, trying to manage you know, you know, a, a, a three-year-old who is you know, very active and mm-hmm. smart, needs them and can't see friends and can't go out as often. And my son uh, calls me when he's going crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's good. He can vent to you. Right. You need someone you can do that with, a safe person. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm glad that he does. But I'm thinking you're holding the hope for your kids, trying to be supportive at a time where you're extremely anxious for them. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and I, ultimately I think the way I, the way I try to handle that is just to try really hard not to uh, tell them what to do or how to mm-hmm. do it, or you know, just, just to be able to support them and, and uh, have faith in them. And sometimes it's just simply just playing with my granddaughter, you know, with the phone uh, with FaceTime so we can have a, get a break. I like that. So you're yeah. kind of babysitting, you're babysitting virtually. Oh, she's amazing. We'll play hide and seek on FaceTime. Well, and I would imagine that that keeps you from burning out also because she keeps you in the present. Oh yeah, totally. Which can be very meditative. Yeah. You're talking about flowers, you're playing hide and seek. If we think our kids aren't thinking about it and knowing about it and all that, you'd be wrong because they are. But you know what, Rob? I think that your sense of humor and being upbeat has got to inspire them when they call you. I mean, our grandkids and our kids, I think, want to know we're okay and, you know, 
It, it, they say it, it depends on how the parents behave, but I think it goes all the way up to the generations. They want to know that uh, the grandparents are good. And I wanted to know that Heidi was okay when she had COVID. And I think partially, I said, I'm sure Heidi was a lot sicker at times than you said, weren't you, Heidi, than you would say to me. Absolutely. And I think one of the things about being isolated with COVID is you want to reassure your family that you're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I have a 15 and 21 year old. I wanted to make sure, especially my teenager, to let her know I was okay. And my parents, because my parents have lost a child. I mean, my brother died at 17 and that, that, I was very aware of that when I got COVID. Whenever anything happens, I'm very aware, okay, my parents have already been through, you know, losing a child. I've got to kind of also, you know, reassure them that I'm fine or that I'm going to be fine. When we look at the media and look at news, we can get really scared. And I know when I had COVID-19, one of the ways I could take care of myself was to limit media exposure because for a while I was really binging. And then I started thinking, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Am I going to end up on a ventilator? Am I going to end up dead? I mean, I started working myself up into a very anxious state. So I think if we find that we're doing that, we need to limit the amount of media that we're, you know, looking at. I agree. It really, it really, it's essential for me. Uh, to really avoid as much of the, of the daily news press conference as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, well, and there's a lot of, I know you know this, Rob, there's a lot of things going on right now in the media about the future. And they'll do worst case scenario and best case. And when you start to read worst case, it's scary because it, you know, it goes on and on and on for years. So you have to be careful about that as well. Okay, Rob, before we, want, we close the show, I want to know, you, you, we were talking about the New York Times article today, is the virus on my clothes, my shoes, and my hair, and my newspaper? And the answer is no. The answer, it's not on Rob's hair. I will tell you right now. My question is, are you going to take off all your clothes when you go to the store now, or are you going to go with the article? Okay, well... I think what I'll probably have to do is a little more research. That was, you know, because I think there's still misunderstandings. And I also say there's a very little chance what I go to is, well, that little chance could be, you know, what happens. Uh, you know, statistics are comforting to a degree, but the warrior in me, you know, goes, you know, wonders about that small potential, you know. You so prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Yeah. But I, I might ease off a little bit. I think we have to choose what we tend to not want to be in denial about because people are telling me, Heidi, you know, just because you've had it doesn't mean you can't have it again. I heard this, you can get it again and it's even worse. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just be in denial about that part. I don't want, I don't want to hear that. Sometimes denial is a good coping mechanism, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's something Great, right? All right. <laughs> Rob, where can people find you? Do you do online therapy or just? Uh, I do, yeah. Uh, your uh, website. RobertZucker.com is my website. And I love your book, The Journey Through Grief and Loss, Helping Yourself and Your Child When Grief is Shared. It's, it's a wonderful book. So anyway, thank you so much for being on the show today and uh, good You're luck welcome. in all your journey right now. And uh, we love you. Rob, thank you so much. I just want to give Rob a shout out, which I don't do very often, but we have known Rob for a long time. And I am going to tell you, if you want a good therapist that is going to support you, be empathic and be really incredible in this journey, please contact Rob. You will not, he will not disappoint. He's, he's an amazing, authentic person. So thank you so much, Rob, for being on our show today. You're welcome. That's so sweet.
I really appreciate it. I mean it. You're yeah. amazing. Okay. Yeah. And ditto to Heidi. She does online too. I do. <laughs> if Rob doesn't work out, come to me. <laughs> and thanks everybody for joining us on the show today. And so Heidi and I, and I'm sure Rob, want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own. And God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.